0: This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts
1: in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode... It was really important for me to go, I want to give people the thing that I wish I had had when I was 17 or 19 or, you know, when I was going through the worst bouts of my shit that I could have ever experienced. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy.
0: If you're one of the millions of people struggling to manage your mental health right now, Well, I'm glad you stopped to listen to this podcast because we have a fantastic interview for you this week. It is with Kelsey Dara. You might know her from her many, many, many things that she does online, Uh, perhaps most notably uh, her podcast, Confidently Insecure. But we are talking to her about her new book, Don't Fucking Panic, The Shit They Don't Tell You in Therapy, about anxiety disorder, panic attacks, and depression. Those of you that have been listening for any length of time to this show know that mental illness, depression, anxiety, these are things that Zach and I battle constantly. So much of the work that we do on and off these microphones is about trying to better our mental health along with all the other health challenges that we try to face, whether they're physical, emotional, spiritual. But those battles don't always have to be so serious. Sometimes you can do them with a smile, and that's why I'm so excited to bring you this episode this week. Zach, I'm probably one of the four people on the planet that hadn't heard of Kelsey Dara before you introduced me to this book. And uh, I'm bummed that I didn't get to participate in this interview because you guys had a great conversation.
2: Yeah, you really missed out. And actually, um, part of me, like after after we talked, I was actually thankful that you weren't there because it was like, it was a a wonderful 30 minutes for me and I soaked it all in myself.
0: (laughs) I would have just ruined it with some dumb questions about some stuff that nobody cares about. You totally would have been a third wheel. Glad I, glad I stayed out of the way for you. But I, since learning about her, since hearing her story, I, I've got to say that her story is one that I've always admired about people in the entertainment industry who are successful and battle mental illness. This is something that has held me back in my career for a long time, not not from any external sources, but I've had opportunities to at least go after jobs that would have had me more of a, of a front and center entertainer, like a talk show host or a broadcaster of some kind, and I'm always terrified of the co- of the concept of, okay, five days a week at you know 9 a.m., you've gotta have a hot take on some topic, and you've gotta care about it, and you've gotta make however many thousands of people are listening at that time believe that you care about it, enough to call you and argue with you about it or agree with you or whatever. And I'm always just like, I generally don't give a shit about most things in general. <laughs> So pile on to that any given day when, you know, the mental illness demons take over and go, you would probably just better off, you know, the world would be better off without you today. And the idea of getting behind a microphone and going, boy, how about those sewer rates? Give me a call and argue with me about that. Like, it just sounds like a nightmare. So to watch someone like her be able to flip on a camera and be wildly entertaining and know that she's got these demons, you know, that she's wrestling with all the time, I just am... am, unbelievably impressed with people that can do that
2: and you'll hear it in the interview i you know i i have actually had a conversation with my daughter about this because she has anxiety and she she feels broken sometimes or that she'll never amount to anything because of these problems and it was great to actually show her kelsey's book and she she always refers to it as the the book with the f word on the cover (laughs) but you know we we've i've talked to her about it and said hey you know look it's okay to have these problems. Like we all have Mm -hmm. some of these problems, how you react to it is really where you're measured. Right. And you can have these problems and still be successful and still do great things and be generally happy. Right. Because those of us with these mental problems are, are never fully happy, but Mm -hmm. you can be happy most of the time.
0: Right. You, You mentioned, uh, having a daughter and, and this last weekend was father's day. And as it turns out was, uh, a challenging one for both of us from from a mental health perspective and and I love what you're talking about there about how we respond to those challenges because you you did it right so share share what you did on father's day and how you uh, fought back the the darkness yeah so I, it's weird so I'm the
2: anxiety guy right i i'm just super anxious always running and i i don't get depressed often I really get depressed when my anxiety goes away. So like if I've overdone it on the CBD, which I'm known to do a few times a week, um, (laughs) you know, and the anxiety goes away, you know, the depression can creep in, but something weird happened. Like I was just super overwhelmed on Sunday with everything going on, which was weird because like I went to yoga. I was, I don't normally go to yoga on Sundays. I was having a good day. And like, just this wave hit me in the afternoon. And I was just like, uh, I went from like, you know all right i'm having a great day to like well you know if i didn't wake up tomorrow it would be okay
0: <laughs> right
2: and that doesn't happen to me very often And it was really weird and it hit me i was just like for like three hours and my wife even was like why don't you just go play with natalie in the pool and i was like i'm right whatever fine dude i don't want to but i will <laughs> if i have to i'll go play with my kids and, you know, I got into the pool and I started moving around, and splashing and swimming and moving my body. And, like, the whole fucking thing just lifted. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I think you're going to get into it in a minute, but it's, like, you know, some of these demons, like, you, you always say, you know, tired muscles, quiet, dark voices, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, mm-hmm. What, like, going for a walk, moving my muscles, doing things that make me happy when I'm not feeling good. Are what you need. But in that moment, you either don't have the energy to go do it. Or in my theory, is you're stuck in that if I, I know if I go do this, I'm gonna feel better, but I want to stay here. I wanna, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want this to really be my moment in the darkness and the clouds mm-hmm. because this is where I've been comfortable my whole life.
0: And you yeah, know, it's like a comfortable blanket to wrap yourself up in because it's the one you know. It's the yeah. one where Every story you tell yourself about how you're gonna be a failure, or you don't deserve happiness, or you don't deserve good things in life, when you've played that song over and over again for decades, it's the one you know, and it's the one you want to keep playing because trying something else is difficult and scary. And you know, I, I had a similar situation. Father's Day. It was some somewhat external forces, but for the most part, the experiences I was having just. I think it was kind of the same thing where where I've just I'm I'm overwhelmed with the move that we're going through my job is coming to an end in a few days there's all this like really heavy stress that I'm carrying around and then you know fathers day was challenging for a number of reasons that I I don't want to get into here but it did eventually just wear me down and when we got home in the evening after being out for the day you know my kids wanted to go swimming they want we live right next to a lake they wanted to go out on the lake and I I just I could not get over the mental hurdle of the effort it would take to get two kids into their swimsuits, find towels, get my own swimsuit on, walk the, you know, 30 yards to the water, get in, be cold, have them fighting with each other. it Just like the thought of going through it just drained any ounce of energy I had left. And I was like, I just don't have it in me. I can't do it. Let's just park in front of a movie and, and be good. And so we did that. And the whole time I felt like shit about it. I felt guilty that I didn't I didn't step up for my kids and give them what they wanted on Father's Day. So cut to the next day, go to work, things are sort of back to normal, get home, continue doing more work. And I realized I haven't moved my body in like four days. Like that's what's going on here. I've got to go do something. So 930 at night, I went and jumped in the lake and swam around for like a half an hour, came back a new man. Mm -hmm. And it's just over and over again, this lesson that we keep talking about, about when you know the tools that will get you out of that funk, when you know how to move forward, but sometimes the other voice that's going, nah, just stay right here in the dark. Yeah. That, that argument between those two parts of the brain is just, it's an exhausting one, but you have to find a way to listen to the one that's trying to propel you out of it. Otherwise you will stay stuck in that darkness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But another way that you can get out of the darkness is uh, this wonderful book that we we've got in front of us called "Don't Fucking Panic." I I can't say enough good things about this book to the point where, you know, I think I think I reached out to you and I was like, "We have to talk to this woman." Yep, it is a a really good book around you know the the subtitle is the shit they don't tell you in therapy about anxiety disorder, panic attacks, and depression, and this thing is like a masterpiece of. All the crazy, weird shit that comes up in the lives of people living with mental illness and how you can get through them. And it's fun. It's written by a comedian, Kelsey Dara, who is just fabulous. And we had the opportunity to talk to her about her book and about mental illness and about a couple of other things. Wonderful conversation. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Don't Fucking Panic, which... I have to tell you, my 10-year-old daughter and I go through pieces of it. I screen some of it and we do some of it, but I love this book. So I don't want to discredit doctors or professionals who have dedicated you know, their entire lives to the study of mental health, but I really resonate with this book because mm-hmm. not only are you talking about it, but you're going through it, you're living with it. And I really resonate with that so much more than some doctors who have never been through these things. So I'd love it if you could just start off with, you know, give us a little bit of a background on your your background and, you know, what led you to write this book. And and I, I have to imagine there was a, a slight amount of imposter syndrome as you were writing this.
1: You don't say. There's a whole chapter about that imposter syndrome. Um, first of all, thank you. Like, thank you for saying such nice, wonderful things and also for giving even just like the platform to speak about this stuff, like especially being a dude. I think that's so valuable and needed so like right off the bat kudos to you you're great thank you um yeah so for the book it was like I first of all dropped out of three colleges I don't have the best uh vocabulary I you know never uh saw I could never in my wildest dreams have imagined that I would be able to write a book so the fact that it even was like a thing that was produced and people got is still my I wake up every day and I'm like what the fuck how did I what how the fuck did this happen but you know this book is unique in that like you mentioned it is written from the point of view of someone who has been through this and when I say been through this I mean the highs the lows that medication this medication inpatient rehab outpatient rehab suicidal ideology and misdiagnoses uh you know it it, it was something that when writing the book I had firmly always believed that my, you know, mental, I'm making quotes, mental health disorder started at a certain point in my age in life um, that I was always talking about online, like at Buzzfeed in the videos I made, I'd always referenced this one point of when I was 17 on an airplane and had my first panic attack. And I was like, that for sure was the beginning of my journey. And in writing this, I realized that it had started so Much longer ago in my toddler childhood life, you know, with interviewing my parents and, uh, you know, my other family members, of being like, Oh wait, that time I thought like I couldn't breathe and we thought we, I was having an asthma attack and you guys rushed me to the ER and they gave me a little bit of baby volume and I was completely fine. That wasn't an asthma attack, that was a fucking panic attack and no one in the ER thought like, hey, maybe take this girl to a therapist or like, hey, maybe this is mental health. Like we just kind of shrugged it off and went back home. Like, oh yeah, that was fucking weird, huh? And we just <laughs> didn't have the language or the knowledge about it. You know, my parents are very liberal. That It's not like they, didn't believe any of this stuff existed. We just genuinely didn't know that it could start that young and um, really that there were any resources to help me through that kind of stuff. So in writing the book, I I actually had a lot of wake up calls and realizations and therapeutic moments of validation and recognizing, you know, how long I actually have been in the mental health gang gang as a nobody says um <laughs> but yeah that's kind of like my backstory into uh how i got started on writing the book but um just in terms of like mental health i always like to go through my my, my diagnoses of uh generalized anxiety disorder panic disorder major depressive disorder misdiagnosed bipolar uh got adhd um starting to come to terms with some more diagnoses of just like depersonalization um derealization those things that i'm i'm seeing more mainstream and going like oh yeah hey better late than never
2: <laughs> right i am just so impressed with like all that you've accomplished with with all of these yeah. things I, I i i live on the anxiety side too i remember when i was diagnosed they were like here's the top of the chart you're way up here and i was like oh i just thought that's how everyone operated like Thought it was normal. So I, I am really inspired by I, all the things that you've accomplished with living with that, because it is really hard to do that.
1: Right. It doesn't feel like a success. I'll tell you that. And I'm sure you can relate to someone with anxiety disorder. Like what keeps us successful also can be the thing that is our worst enemy. Like the anxiety of good, healthy anxiety, the anxiety that every person on earth has, because everyone does. Mm-hmm. And the debilitating, interruptive, interfering anxiety is a fine line. And to like kind of skirt into it and fall into that. And again, like think that it's a normal thing, but also being like, this is not normal. I know this is not normal, but it's my normal is a, a slippery slope. And like, I have a big problem with compliments. Like, I don't know how to take compliments on people who are like, wow, like, thank you for this book or, you know, I like the things you do because I'm kind of just like, I had no choice, but to turn suffering into success. Like I, I have no choice, but to turn pain into purpose or like, I probably would have unalived myself right now. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, and it's always something, it's a daily thing that you have to fight against and not fight, I don't mean fight, but you have to manage
2: manage. I've always said the day that I realized that I had to stop fighting my anxiety and be friends with it, acknowledge it, thank it. Like my whole life changed that day. It was crazy.
1: Like my mom used to be like, get mad at it. Like tell it to go away. Like, but you know, go against it. Like do something, even though you're having a panic attack, like do the thing, because if you let it consume you and like she didn't really, that was how she was able to manage her anxiety growing up. But for me, it was exactly that. It was acceptance, recognition, friendship, uh, management. And now I've gone through it so long and it doesn't mean that it's any less scary when it happens, but I'm able to recognize and go like, oh, I knew what this is. Not only do I know what it is, but I know like the clinical chemical things that are happening to me. I yeah. know the name of it and knowledge really is power to me in my, my journey. And that's why I wanted to write the book is like, I just wanted to give people terminology and experience and go like, Hey, if this is happening to you, you're not fucking crazy. You're not fucked up. Like you, yeah. know, it has a name and, and, you know, society is starting to catch up to it and we're finally being more accepting of it. And I think, you know, I didn't plan on writing a mental health book in the middle of a pandemic and having it like be the thing that I think a lot of people could have used, but it, it, it turned out that way. And I think even if people are listening who maybe aren't diagnosed or, or don't really um, think that they have a problem with it or, or know someone in their life that maybe struggles uh, with management, like I do believe this is a book that everyone can use in terms of just even like learning about what these mental health disorders or issues or whatever you want to call it um, are.
2: Yeah. And, and your book is not a book that you just read through and no. take some points away. This is a workbook. Like you got to put some thought into it. You got to go into some dark places sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tell, why, why did you decide to make this a workbook instead of, you know, the, the traditional, well, I read that I'm, I'm going to be yeah. better now.
1: Oh man. I'm, I love this question because it's literally like, the time where I get to be like, because like nothing else has fucking helped me before. (laughs) Every book that ever existed about mental health or like these self-help books were just things you read and they tended to be very clinical, very medical sounding. And it came from like some usually like old white dude who I'm like, I can't relate to you about like social media anxiety. Um, So for me, it was really important to make it, something that was active and something that you could carry around with you kind of like a toolkit and every page is a different theme exercise chapter um the book is split into three parts so anxiety panic disorder and depression and I did that not only selfishly because that's what I deal with but because those things tend to coincide with each other in a diagnosis um and you know they can be symptoms of one another too so it was really important for me to go I want to give people the thing that I wish I had had when I was 17 or 19 or you know when I was going through the worst bouts of my shit that I could have ever experienced and what I realized was like someone could be there to talk to you or try to work you through a breathing exercise or you can turn on a CD or you could listen to a YouTube video but there was nothing like figuring it out myself you know Mm -hmm. I think it's a factor of me wanting to be a control freak and feeling that like the more I understood it, the less I was afraid of it. So it's a workbook because I want people when they're having a panic attack and they literally don't know what to do with their hands, can turn to page you know 100 and there's a like connect the dots game of Ryan Gosling holding a bunny because I just think that that's like a soothing image to look at. Right. Or you see the page and there's like a a CBT exercise or a journaling prompt or a coloring page like. I put every uh, modality I could think of or that I've tried before. You know, I always say like there's stuff in there that I put that didn't actually work for me, but I still wanted people to know about it because it worked for them.
2: Yeah, I I love it because some of the other workbooks, right? It's like, okay, here's the exact same exercise for chapter two and the same exercise for chapter three, the same. I love this one because it kept switching up and I was like, wait a minute. I have to think with the other side of my brain. I have to go here. I have to go there. It was just awesome.
1: That like makes you so happy. It's like, it's crazy. Like you, you make this thing. You spend all this time crafting this shit and then you put it out in the world and you're like, okay, I'm done. But then you forget people read it, (laughs) (laughs) like use it. And then you just, you know, yeah, like I said, I don't think I'll ever get used to the idea that I, that it is something I made (laughs)
2: Again, I'll I'll just keep throwing the compliments out. It, this is
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, I forgot. I've I've Got now it. I've
2: read probably a thousand self help books to manage everything, mm-hmm. and I I find this to be like in the top five of like usefulness. Like it really that is so wonderful, which is why I wanted to talk to you because again, I'm still having a little bit of like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the person who wrote this book. Me,
1: me too. If it helps, like I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you this is a thing I get to do.
2: So feelings (laughs) mutual. Awesome. When you go into a book like this though, as the, as the reader, right. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a level of curiosity that you have to have Mm -hmm. about yourself and maybe we've just been conditioned this way over the last, you know, my, in my 40 years, you know, I I was raised to be like, don't have emotions. Don't talk about it. Keep that buried deep. And you got to flip it around and you have to be really curious about yourself. I guess, how have you gone down that road? And then how have you seen other people who are really stuck with not being curious about themselves, you know, use your book or open up and how, how do you get there? How do you go from, I stand up and rub dirt on it to crying and letting everything go?
1: Uh, I wish it were just like an easy answer to be like, it just happens. Or like, you just get to the point or like, you go through a breakup or you have a spiritual awakening, but the truth is self-help and self-recognition is probably the bravest thing you can do. And I spent so much time running from myself. I was so terrified of myself. I was so afraid that my body and mind could produce these thoughts and feelings. And I was like, I didn't I never connected with it. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's not me. Like I know who I am and I just not that. This is scary and not fun. And like, I spent so much time and I'm not anti-medication. I'm on medication, but I, I did spend a lot of time putting a bandaid over a bullet hole with meds that were not healthy drinking. Oh my God. If anyone knows me from the internet, they know that I was like the internet alcoholic gal (laughs) wine extraordinaire um I was a I was very avoidant while still being someone who classified as self-aware because in comedy you have to be kind of self-aware and and make fun of yourself yeah so you know it's not like you just meet a therapist who causes you to answer questions and you're like oh my gosh I didn't realize I wasn't really looking inside myself the whole time (laughs) it is a I don't want to scare people away but like you hit you know what rock bottom feels like like you hit a place where you're like I'm either going to unalive or I'm going to move and do something different (laughs) yeah and it was baby steps of of course going to therapy and talking to people about it but making the decision to actively inject self-care and self-help into my life. And I hate to say self-care because people think it's like, level that. I don't mean like self-care that way. I mean like the deep inventory of trying anything. So it was throwing shit against the wall. It was journaling at one point. It was meditating at another point. It was yoga. It was getting sober. It was cutting out this toxic person. It was a trauma-informed therapy. It, it, It was an amalgamation of just being like, what the fuck helps and makes you feel better. And it was not an E overnight thing. And I don't want people to expect it to be, but just having the bravery and recognition to even go forth into a step of being like, maybe every morning, I'm going to say a mantra at myself in the mirror. That sounds fucking stupid, but I'm going to try it. And guess what? I say mantras every motherfucking day now. And they are my favorite thing to come back to and just go like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, a thought I'm having and not a fact that exists and being able to separate yourself out from stuff like that is only things I learned by actively deciding I'm going to figure this out and making air quotes again. Like I want to, I want to have a better life. I want to be a better version of myself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced so many times the, you know, five years ago looking at something that I'm doing now, my, you know, five years ago, I'd been like, are you fucking nuts?
1: Why L.A. crunch fucking yoga bullshit. But then you're like, God damn it. I am that person. I don't like it, but it's like, I I love
2: it. It's amazing how like being a little curious, trying new things, even if it sounds stupid, can sometimes be like this amazing thing. So you've unpacked a lot of past trauma, but you just had something happen to you recently that Mm. like had you dive back into your book. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: I mean, you are getting the exclusive, (laughs) I'm kidding. But like, yeah, this is something I've not talked about um, really beyond just like posting to social media but we had someone break into our home when we were sleeping and rob us of a bunch of valuables, tons of equipment and computers and money's worth of things and some, you know, sentimental items that are like irreplaceable things. Uh,
2: That's so terrible.
1: It just, it's, it's annoying. It's never a good time to be robbed. It's anger inducing, like I'm not so much sad as just fucking annoyed and mad and like, God damn it. You know, you're just like, oh, never a good time (laughs) to be robbed. So yes, this last week has been a collection of moving, packing, finding a new place dealing with management, dealing with the detectives. They found the guy, but they haven't found our stuff yet. Like it's just been like, it feels like a movie scene in the last week that this has happened. But the first thing that happened, even after all my years of being a mental health advocate and like therapy, the first thing was I completely fucking spiraled. I completely went to black and white thinking, Um, what, what did I do to cause this? What could have I done differently? Um, Do I deserve this? Um, Am I making the right decision on a new place? Like, what if I lose everything because I moved this thing? I lost meetings because of of having to go apartment hunt. And like, what if my business breaks out? Like, of course I just tossed everything I had spent learning out the window and was like (laughs) emotions first. Right.
0: Yeah. And
1: I couldn't help it. It just is human nature, and it takes a pretty strong-willed person to go like, mm, "This two shall pass, and things are just things." And what's really important is knife is here and safe. And it's like, fuck all of that. I'm annoyed. I'm pissed. <laughs> Everything's is shit. But like, truly, I had to crack open my own book because I got to a breaking point where I just felt like I recognized so much of this experience needed to be seen through a lens of this is an unusual thing this is not how my life is this is not how it normally is i have to be able to separate the stress of just daily life and just being able to go like is this stress actual like life stress or is this the circumstantial stress and Mm just because it's really hard right now does not mean it's going to be hard forever. And, you know, journaling intrusive thoughts, journaling, you know, you know, at three in the morning when I can't sleep, cause I'm like any noise or fart like wakes me up. I'm like, oh my God. And being <laughs> like, is this true? Or is this the circumstance that has happened to me causing me to feel this way? And it's, again, it's about exactly what you're saying. Being just a little curious, like, maybe this isn't actually me but it is a symptom of what's happening to me
2: yeah I didn't have quite as traumatic of an of an experience but uh we have a pool and I turned the lights on for the pool the other night and the whole filter the whole thing shut down and it was like some circuit blew somewhere oh no and my daughter was having a pool party the next day oh no which was <laughs> kind of set me over the edge but it was like just that one little thing and same thing happened like i started spiraling i was like my life sucks i'm terrible oh yeah all of these you know really negative things and i and it took a few minutes let's breathe let's put all the things in it's just a pool mm. so kids I, are
1: gonna have fun no matter what because don't need too much to make kids happy I you like
2: <laughs> yeah no it's at at her age she's she's 10 and like i said we go through your book in little bits and pieces
1: I can't um, wait.
2: after I, I go through and I'm like, okay, well, here's an exercise. And I maybe put it in a 10 year old voice for wow. her.
1: Oh my gosh. That's so cool.
2: But, and I'll throw another compliment at you because we've talked about you a couple of times and showing her, you know, another, another woman who is <gasps> successful doing great things, but also has anxiety also mm-hmm. has these things like you, you just learn to manage it and you can do these great things with it.
1: And that's so cool. You're talking to your 10 year old about mental health. Like I've been talking about this in interviews as long as I can remember about being like, why do we not start this in kindergarten? Why is this not part of a curriculum that maybe we learn as like very small kids? Like, Oh, this is angry. This is sad, But then like okay, so what if I can identify emotion, what the fuck am I supposed to do with it? And when you get to middle school, it's like all of them combined and combust with hormones and fucking boys and shit. It's like, that's so cool that you're having that conversation. Like what a chain breaker, like what a cool thing you're doing.
2: Thank you. I, my parents didn't do it with me. And I remember struggling and I wish I had had your book when I was you know, younger. So I I, I want to <laughs> prevent so much pain from her. Yeah. So.
1: Yes. I And I think like you and I, like our generation really is that change, right? Like yeah. Same with my parents, not necessarily that they just didn't know. And they were also shunned to be a certain, like this hetero type of American couple. Like I don't blame them, but it's been really interesting to go back and talk with them about it and yeah. talk with them about like chapters in the book. Like, you know, it's, the book has a lot of adult subjects like masturbation and drug use, but listen, it it's a conversation that I am not ashamed about my parents hearing about, because if it's helping other people, then like, that's all you can hope for when writing something like this, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. And again, I'll say it again. I, I really do love the book and I really appreciate all the work that you've done. As we're wrapping up, is there anything that we didn't mention and where can people find you if they don't already know who you are?
1: Oh man, Um, I'm just Kelsey Dara on all the things, all the socials. Uh, I've got a podcast of my own called Confidently Insecure, where we are not afraid to ask the silly questions and podcasts. We're absolutely sure we don't know everything. We do a lot of mental health stuff. We actually just did a whole month of uh, mental health uh, in May, talking about everything from adhd to therapy um bipolar experience and mania um so i highly suggest if, like, if you like this kind of content um definitely check that out um and yeah i guess buy the book that would be cool
2: yeah of course i mean obviously
1: yeah obviously
2: yes <laughs> buy the book
1: this has been so cool all
2: right well thank you so much for for taking the time and to talk with me i I know this is going to go out to a lot of people, but this was really for me. So, <laughs> so thank you so much Save. for, for taking that time.
1: Save. This is great therapy. I appreciate
2: it. All right. That was our conversation with Kelsey Dara, the author of don't fucking panic the shit. They don't tell you in therapy about anxiety disorders, panic attacks, and depression. All of the links to her website will be in the show notes on, on the fitmas.com. You can go click on it there. The one thing that really struck me in that interview was, you know, we, we talked about breaking the chain, like not mm-hmm. raising our children, the way our parents raised us. And I, we actually talked about that in a previous episode. That was really, really struck me as important, right? It, we have all of these resources, we have these books, we have all of this stuff that we can do better. And, uh, you know, things that we didn't have when we were kids, and it was really hard growing up. So I'm, I'm really happy that We chatted about that and, and we are making differences. You and I are both making differences. She's making a difference in the next generation that kids know about mental health. They have tools in their belt to actually deal with it before they become an adult, as opposed to us where we're like mid thirties going, why do I hate myself so much?
0: Thirties. Listen, listen, whippersnapper, uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I, that that part stood out to me as well. That is such an important point. And and I loved how she expressed that, you know, she thought her mental illness issues began at one point, but it turned out to be many, many years earlier. And I think for for so many people that go on this journey of of sort of self exploration, self improvement, or whatever, I think you'll find that you'll find that whatever things are holding you back, whatever struggles you're having, the more you sort of peel back the layers of that onion, you find yourself when, when you're like five or six and going, oh shit, I can't believe that had such a big impact. Because you start connecting these dots. It's like if you start connecting the dots of how you got to the job that you have because you worked at the place before that, because you got the college degree, because you did well in high school, because when you, when you go back and connect the dots to, that take you to where you are, wherever it is, whether it's mental health or whatever, It's just such an interesting map. And and I think that the more we empower young kids to really be aware of their feelings. And I know, I know there's a lot of, you know, guff about this online about, you know, being too touchy-feely with our kids, but our feelings are important. They Mm -hmm. they are they're what make us human beings. And if we are better able to process them and know how to manage them, they don't come back to haunt us 30 years later. And we don't spend the, the second half of our life unpacking all the broken, damaged pieces that we carried around for the first half. So I just I think that's really important and, and I'm so glad to have someone like her uh, really being a leader in this field and, and using her sense of humor to bring a, a light to I think what is a very uh, important topic.
2: Yeah, and the humor part is really important because there's dark places that you can go to when you're doing the self-exploration, right? Mm-hmm. And having the ability to laugh or smile while you're doing it is, it's just absolutely critical. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I remember going through other books that were just like, okay, let's examine your life choices and why you are the way you are. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, well, no wonder I am the way I am. And, um, rightfully so I should be a piece of shit because of all of that stuff. Like, you know, it's so much more lighthearted and allows Mm -hmm. you to kind of process through it with, With a smile on your face
0: that's the thing there's there's and that's where i think a lot of the the criticism of of this sort of work uh does have some merit it's the people that are saying uh, you you know why do you need to relive the past it's in the past let it go i agree with that you don't need to relive it but you need to you need to get that shit out because you're going to carry it around if you don't deal with it and ignoring it is not dealing with it so if you can find a way uh, perhaps through her book uh to to do it with a smile that's a much easier path Than the one where you just beat the crap out of yourself until the the demon submits and moves on (laughs) to some other realm.
2: I don't know. I like the ignoring part. That's that's my that's my jam. Right.
0: That's easy work right there. Oh
2: that oh that bothers me. Let me let me open up Facebook or Instagram. Let me go do something else.
0: Uh, Let me just ignore that for another twenty years and just keep ignoring it for twenty more years.
2: Eventually, I will be dead and it won't matter.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, Jeremy, let's wrap it up there this is a super important topic. We could probably talk for another three or four hours about this and I could go on think, and on about I think about... we have,
0: if you, if you collect all the mental health episodes that we've done, there's, there's multiple hours there. This is just the latest and, uh, and, and a really fun conversation that you guys have. It is. And I'm, I'm going to throw one more
2: compliment at her because I complimented her through the entire interview. And I think she liked that. So this is an amazing book. She's an amazing person. Really happy we got to talk to her. And with that, We'll wrap things up. So thanks everyone so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate all the support that you give us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast player you use to listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about us, you can go to thefitmess.com. We've got links to all of our social media, all of our episodes, and all the things that we like to do in our journey to become healthier on the site. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday.
0: See you everyone